All right, here we go. Hello and welcome into the Section 109 podcast from Studio Breezy in the Highland Park adjacent area of Ridgedale. I just, I don't realize I just doxed me, doxed myself. It's Breezy with Matthew and I am drinking out of a cat's mug that, by the way, my wife bought for Matthew. If you can see this on video, <laughs> uh, she felt that whenever we podcasted that Matthew should have a blue, the inside is blue, uh, cat mug. Um, and so this, she bought this for you. I'm drinking out of that in honor of you, good sir. And I am here and we are here to talk about a game that I needed a lot more coffee and beer for. Oh, you want to do this? Yeah, yeah. Let's open these beers up. Uh, the Chattanooga Football Club versus... Corona Extra. Savannah. We're going to pretend we're on a beach in Savannah. And uh, talk about this game. So if you didn't get a chance... Which, which we will be in September. Absolutely. So if you didn't get a chance to watch, this game finished, unfortunately, one-to-one. It was a wild game. We're going to get into it. We're going to dissect it a little bit. But Matthew, tell me a couple days later with the game going on in the background and us reviewing it, how are you feeling? I feel better now than I did on Saturday evening. Um, Give me the cliff notes of why. <laughs> I know we're going to talk about our three things in the game, but why are you feeling yeah, better? Yeah, so like in the in the heat of the game, uh, you don't remember, or and, and our vantage point isn't always that that great. Uh, so you don't necessarily see, uh, all you see is the missed, we'll, we'll just say it's like the missed pass, uh, often the pass before the pass. You mean the missed calls? Uh, there were that too, but we'll worry about that later. Um, I'm, I'm thinking of like the hockey assist. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you you slip a ball in for for a guy uh, that can cuts it cuts it back for the uh, for a tap in or whatever. The pass before the pass, uh, I have no concept for in in uh, in real time. Like was it was it just off the off the edge of the boot? Was it like 13 miles too far? I have no idea. I, I can't mm. tell that. And um, we can take a break here if you want for us just a split second while <laughs> uh, Ella arrives home to her house and, and the dogs go crazy. Well, and oh, uh, there, there we go. I'll, right, I'll, keep just, going. I'll just talk through it a little bit. Um, so, like, I, I have no concept for that. And all I can see when when the pass is is not completed is uh, it wasn't the completed. pass was not completed. Mm. And when I when I rewatch the game. I can see, oh, that pass was, you know, that pass was miles too far, or it was miles under hit, or we were, like the timing was just a sliver of a second off. Mm-hmm. And I think, uh, I think in the Savannah game, uh, spoiler alert, I don't think we were very good. Um, but I think there was a lot of that, like you like to use the word danger adjacent. There was a lot of that danger adjacent still present. And, and true, honestly, it's been present. It's been present all season. Uh, not as much against the Michigan Stars, but like we were danger Jason a lot against Flower City. We were actually dangerous against Albion, although I think Albion, excuse me, contributed uh, to that significantly. Uh, and we were we were very danger adjacent against against Gold Star, that also became dangerous, although in one really good effort in the second goal and one kind of interesting, lucky, weird kind of play on on Mooma's first goal that it was a header where the ball bounced mm. and then went over a guy. Like that's a bit of odd set of circumstances. Just remembering that. Yeah. Yeah. So in, in, in the Savannah game, we were, we were definitely danger adjacent. And I think it's, it's 
all the more frustrating that we gave up our first goal of the season. Uh, but like the sky isn't falling for me. Like mm. we gave up our first goal of the season. That was a penalty that Jean nearly saved uh, on one of the most strange set of circumstances I've ever seen. And honestly, like, you know, in, and you could complain, is that a penalty? Is it not a penalty? I think it's soft as Charmin. Uh, and oddly enough, we disagree on that. Uh, I think it was a, I think it was a penalty. But anyway, it doesn't matter. I'm, 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 Those are going to get called against you sometimes, right. and they're going to yes. not get called against you sometimes. I also don't care about. <laughs> it's also one of the least bad calls of the game. If that tells you anything about yeah. the game, I also like just don't care about. Like I, my focus is not on on the call of a penalty. Yeah, my focus is on the guy that went studs up through his own teammate, and then like one of our guys like gets taken out in the fray, and and they just kind of. The referee doesn't do anything when all twenty, well, twenty-one players stop. Like that's where my that that's where my issue. Like that's the egregious call, not necessarily the penalty. Well, if we want to talk through that, play to the fucking whistle, everybody for both yeah, teams. That yeah. one guy gets a giant bunch of extra credit, and um, everybody else on the field doesn't. So you've got like uh, uh, insane set of circumstances that B gets the first the first goal we've conceded all season. Sure. Uh, and it was a penalty. It wasn't anything from from open play. Yes. And that's it. Like Savannah had had one like that, that shot early. That was was it a shot? Was it a cross? It was probably a shot that we headed across. Uh, that we headed out. No, I'm referring to the one in the first minute. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that one is not as dangerous as. Um, it, it, it's not. It, it's it's dangerous if it's a cross and the guy's actually there. It's not dangerous if it's a shot because it was so from so far out in a bad angle. Also, it just he just doesn't do it. Yeah. But my but my point is the like, angle is closed. It take it would take a hell of a good. My my ball. point is like this is I think this can be considered our worst game of the season, given home the opponent we were playing. We Hi, actually Ella. had we actually had rest this time. Hi Ella, and. We come out with a draw where we get scored on a penalty kick and Savannah does fuck all for the rest of the game. Would you call this our, for the, to comparing it to last season, our Flower City? Yes. It has all, it has all the hallmarks of, of Flower City for me. Uh, the goal comes in, in, in a wild set of circumstances. We do enough. Or we, we do enough to win the game. Uh, we create enough to win the game. And, 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 and it's not enough. But we, yeah, yeah, we created yeah. enough to still win the game on the day, and and that's football. Sometimes you don't. Uh, so like, I'm I'm just not. I think there's some question marks that need to be. Uh, I think there's some question marks that need to be answered, and I think maybe more importantly, that it's time for a break. Yeah, and I think the boys really could use a break. I agree with that. Now, let's rewind, and let's go to the beginning of the game. So, game finished 1-1. If you didn't catch that, if you somehow missed that, you're listening to this. Um, game finished 1-1, um, Chenning Football Club getting a goal in the end to equalize it. The starting lineups went like this. Jean-Antoine at goalkeeper, right back Colin Stripling, become this This is our starting lineup now, let's be real, for, for the foreseeable future. Anatoly Prepolitsa at right center back, Aiden Bowers at left center back, left back Joseph Perez, um, which there's a little bit of a wrinkle here later in the game that we'll definitely talk about. Uh, 
Richard Dixon played the six. Central midfielder Alex McGrath. Central midfielder Luis Garcia Sosa. Mutai Mwape at right wing. That could change a little bit. The winger's not decided, but those everyone up until now, I think, is locked in starters. Uh, left wing Juan Luis. Again, something to be decided there. We'll see what happens in the striker, Marcus Nagelstad. So, coming out of the um, starting lineup, Matthew, what were you thinking going into the game after you saw that starting lineup? So, I, I really... Uh, I, I, I thought Damian struggled against against um, Michigan Stars, and uh, I mean he had played essentially uh, 60, 60, 62 minutes against Birmingham, and then he, I think he went the full ninety against Michigan Stars, and uh, you know he had a couple good moments, but he just struggles with with heavy physicality if it's not going to be called. Yes, and the Michigan uh, Stars got away with plenty of heavy physicality in that game. So like I'm I'm not surprised to see him to see it him sit out this one uh, and I, he comes on on halftime and I thought yep. he was a bright spark for us when he came on. Agreed. Uh, I think it probably says less about Damien that he didn't start this game and says more about uh, the return of Matai Mwape. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and and gets pulled at halftime and, and he was not, he was not, did not have a great game. It was not his best game. Uh, but I, I think it's more and maybe, and maybe we'll, this will be my, my third key that we'll, we'll get to in more detail later. Uh, but I think this game was just about getting Mumu back on the field and getting him some minutes. Mm-hmm. And because, you know, he got hurt in the, uh, he got hurt in Des Moines in the open cup game, uh, which was by the way, a month ago. And he's played like literally five minutes since then. Uh, yeah. He, he played like what? Nine minutes against, against flower city at the end. He, uh, was subbed on for 30 seconds for a penalty, uh, against Birmingham. Yeah. I thought the telling thing was he didn't play at all against Michigan Stars. Yep, where we could have really used his creativity if he were to be at 100%. And and I just wonder if, if he just turns out he wasn't quite at 100%. And and so, like, you know, he goes and he gets 45 against Savannah. And I think those are 45 minutes that are more about breaking rust than really anything else. And I think it needs to be viewed through that through that lens uh, in, in terms of his performance. Mm. Um. So, and, and then there's one Louis on the left where where he played a lot for Syracuse and where we've seen him at, at times for for us this year, and and I, I thought he had I thought he he struggled a little bit too, um, but like I think maybe and, and this is maybe you're one of your big points. I don't think there were a lot of like eight out of ten performances from from the team or from the individuals. You know what I mean? No, and you know what? Honestly, let's go with just my point number one. Um, we can kind of bounce into that. The hangover was real. Um, we mentioned the Michigan Stars game was a hangover game. We felt really good about overall about going on the road, getting a point, not conceding anything after a really tough 120 minutes against Birmingham. A week later, I expected that this could be a trap game, but also that we would we would fight through it and that we would you know not be that hungover. I think this was the real hangover game. Um, just to be quite frank, we didn't show up sharp enough. Um, every pass was just a little bit off for the first 60 minutes. Every ball was just a little bit short. And when you play in a game with fine margins, which soccer is a game of fine margins, this one was exceptionally hard, especially with the referee being terrible. And I'm not making an excuse. The referee being terrible doesn't contribute to us. It does contribute to us not winning, but that's not an excuse. We are better than Savannah. We should have beat Savannah. And what we unfortunately did in my eyes is came out for the first 60 minutes with the wrong mentality. 
I don't know. I think that that is probably due to fatigue and a really tough first stretch of the season, and we really need these two weeks off. But for the first 60 minutes, we were not very good overall. And we were unlucky to be down one nothing, but we were not great. And I think that, that was a mentality problem because that last 30 minutes, we absolutely put it to them. We took it to them. We were we had them pinned back. We were waves and waves of attack. And look, that just tells me that we could have done that and should have done that to begin the game. And we didn't. And look, we can learn from this game. We can grow from this game. We should trust the process here that we will come together and coalesce as a group and get better at, at, at how we play. But this is not how you want to see us come out and approach a game. Yeah. And then, that, you know, that I don't think anybody had, except for maybe Jean, had a a great game. Everybody was a little less than sharp, whether it was on the ball, whatever. Yeah, I, I think I would classify him at, at good, not great. And and he loses points because he got fingertips on, on the okay. PK and not and not a full hand. I'm not I'm not taking but like I'm not I'm not going to penalize him like. Penalties get scored at like eighty percent rate in the lower divisions. Like I'm not penalizing him for that. I'm I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna argue with your point and say you can't take anything away from him for a penalty. He didn't concede it and he got this close to getting it. Um, he comes out and gets the three balls he needs to get Correct. over top of people. Like you can give him a ten. You can give him a nine in this game. The only reason you don't give him a ten is because you have to like stop a penalty to get a ten or whatever. But other than John, I think everybody kind of had a hangover game. Um, and you know. Here's to having two weeks off, resetting, recharging. If you remember, if folks remember last year, we went through our first little phase and then we made big changes uh, tactically and and whatever else. And we came out really flying in that second phase of the season. Let's hope the same thing happens. But it is not all doom and gloom, Matthew, now that I've given my kind of doom and gloom one, um, <laughs> which isn't outlook for the season. It was just a disappointing Saturday. Um, do you want to talk about how we are worldwide and we have... Uh, Highlights going on in Moldova for the yeah, goal that, that Anatoly that, scored. That was interesting. So that was fun. Um, I wish Ella was out here so I could I could make her like try to live translate that on the um, on the on the television right now. That'd be funny. Uh, but Anatoly got some airtime. We saw on Twitter in his native Moldova, I believe, uh, talking about his scoring of the goal. And the last highlight there of that clip, if you watch the whole clip, is him scoring the second goal. It doesn't count. Um, <laughs> which you know, fuck that referee. Uh, so that's that's the first thing. We are worldwide. CFC is a massive club. Matthew, tell me a little bit about because I know you got real excited when we went to a three man defense in that or three man back line rather in that second half. So I think uh, so we we play we play three three man at times uh, just as as a function and I think formalizing it uh, was was super interesting. I I think it was mostly because it's the cleanest way when you're when you're down a goal chasing the game to get two strikers on at the same time, and it's I mean like we have the pieces for it right like you know Bowers Prepolitsa and and Stripling are all nominally center backs, sort of don't forget Richard, of. don't forget Richard Dixon yeah I, he's a midfielder forever and forever now. Um, but like, so we already kind, he was of, kind have, of playing left center back there for a minute, though. Yeah, when Bowers was exclusively taking throw-ins, so you've kind of got the pieces for it now, uh, without actually having to change personnel. Uh, and and like Joseph Perez, for example, who was subbed off to to create the three five two, he played he played that left center back or that left wing back role. Excuse me, he played that left wing back role for LA Force uh, in their three man system. So like, this is not. This is not unheard of for a lot of players. Um, 
and 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 truthfully, you know, Damian was out on the right hand side uh, during that three five two, and and that's a position that he would play uh, in, in the three man system uh, under Coach Fuller in in the fall of twenty twenty one. Uh, when we were playing three man back then, so it was interesting. I think I think it's just a product of the moment. Yeah, but I wouldn't be mad about seeing it at times. So I don't because and and I started to cut you off there, but like because I thought Lenny was pretty decent. I thought Lenny provided a little bit of spark. Like he's got that athleticism. He's got some good hold up play. Uh, he's when you have really a, when you have a forward that can like hold the ball up like with a big physical presence. And like is athletic enough to get in behind, that's a that's a that's a weapon that we've not had. You're missing the most important thing he did. He helped up so many players. He stretched out so many cramping players. He was such a nice boy that whole second half. He was a such a gentleman, and he really showed them some southern hospitality. I'm not being sarcastic. You guys can go back and watch that. He was a gener- He was a beautiful gentleman. Um, I will say that. I think I'll take an even hotter take than you. I don't want. I don't think we'll start it because I don't think Rod's going to start it. I think we have a secondary formation. When last year we did not have a secondary formation, um, in part because maybe we weren't good enough at the first formation. And I'm not saying we weren't good enough. I'm saying maybe Rod didn't want to add a second formation because maybe we still had work to do on the first one. I think we have a second formation. I think we saw it because we actually clearly went to it. Here's the thing I will say: if if our wingers are as ineffective against a five man as we as we were last game for large portions of that where they were outnumbered and consistently um they were like three on one with us defensively and we just weren't going to be able to beat that going to a two striker formation which this was like it was weird because Lenny was mostly out left and then coming central but going to a two striker system where Marcus can float and Lenny can occupy men and then somebody can get um up and down the field on the wings from whether it's Damian, because basically we played Juan Louis and Damian. Uh, we basically, we almost played a three, fourth, no, three, three, four, essentially. Like we basically, we had, um, we had four attackers essentially the whole time. We had Juan Louis, Damian, I guess Fabian was in there too. So maybe we played a three, two, Fa- five. Fabian replaced Juan Louis. One thing I didn't do. Oh, we played Juan Louis. Okay. One thing I didn't go back and do is watch really how we played that. And it'll be interesting to see if we come back in and play that again. But I will say, I don't think it's crazy to, if our wingers are not uh, having the uh, desired effect to play the two striker system, to try Marcus and Lenny together and see if you can't free up some space for Marcus to get his uh, shooting boots on and Lenny to occupy some defenders and also stretch them, um, Stretch them going deep. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it was interesting. It was it was a good look. Um, I think I think it created some problems. Uh, I might we we were already we were already starting to move uh, with the intensity and, and and whatever. But like, I do think the for- formation change actually helped precipitate like getting the the bigger chances down the stretch. Sure, uh, maybe more so than 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 turning up the intensity or whatever in the in the in the sixtieth sixty fourth minute. We decided we wanted to play, which was helpful. Um, so I'll give you another piece here that was also fun and interesting and new. Matthew, long throw-ins. The long throw-in trait is a thing that Aiden Bowers would have on FIFA if FIFA wasn't such a stupid game and included CFC. Yeah, I really wish uh, co-host uh, Jay was here right now. <laughs> <laughs> 
he does love a long throw. And right now, if he's listening to this, he's seething because we're misrepresenting what he, we're misrepresenting, every time we talk about long throws, we misrepresent how he actually feels. Uh, but yeah, not here to defend yourself, buddy. Sorry. Um, <laughs> That's what you get. So yeah, long throw-ins. Aiden Bowers threw a long throw-in. The goal that was disallowed that should have been allowed was a long throw-in. We created several uh, very dangerous the, chances. The biggest, the biggest chance of the night came from a long throw-in. And yes. no, it's not the goal that was disallowed. No, it's not the corner that we actually scored on. And no, it's not any of the other things we did. The long, the, the long throw in, uh, it's roughly 88th minute. It's right after Fabian comes on. Um, uh, maybe maybe a minute, two minutes later. The long throw in that Prepper leads a flicks on directly to Fabian inside the six. And it's a little it's a little high and he's got got to volley the thing. Uh that's the best chance we created all night. Mm. I mean, that is a it it's high, so it's like on the ground, it's a it's a ridiculously high XG chance. Uh in, in on the volley, it's not quite as good, but like it's still pretty good because it's just so close to the goal. It's a big chance. It's t- it's a tough finish because of how it's bouncing, but it's a very, very high percentage chance. I think and this is why I don't have I don't have much doom and gloom uh, for for the the outlook on the season. You can go with your third point here. Uh, no, we'll get there. We'll get there a little bit later. Uh, no, the reason why I don't have as much uh, doom and gloom outlook is like if we're if we're creating the best chance of the game. I mean, like we like China FC under Rod Underwood. If we're creating the best chance of the game on a long throw in. Mm. Everybody look the fuck out when the offense starts really clicking. Yep, yeah, that's a good. That's a very good point, Matthew. Because like, if we can do that and like the normal tiki taka stuff, like, have fun. That's true. All right, I'm gonna give you a couple more points. Uh, the penalty kick. I know you and I disagree on this. Um, it's a freak accident. It's a freak moment. We already talked about that. You don't think it was a penalty? I think it was a penalty. But here's the thing, and I'm not. Uh, I am not blaming this game on the referee. We have to be better, and we are better than Savannah, and we got to come out. Sorry, I know I'm plastering our guys with like a little bit of, you know, negativity here, but like you got to come out with a better mentality so that you just take it to Savannah because Savannah should never feel like they have a fucking chance if they roll into Finley Stadium. On another day, Juan Louis gets a clear cut penalty. Yeah. There's more, they should have been down a man for some shit that happened during the game. Like there's some other things. We get a penalty that is. I think the same level as that other penalty, but at, at worst we should have each had a penalty, and at best maybe we have a penalty and I, they don't. I, I would have complained. I would have complained about the uh, the penalty stuff a lot less if if they were both given or neither one were given. Yes, I agree with that. Uh, and, and like because like at the end of the day, you just want referees to be consistent. Yes, and you don't want referees to to establish that there is one standard for one player and a different standard for a different player or, or for a different team oh you mean like anatoly being tall and big yeah like that's i mean like we can talk about the disallowed goal like he's he is being he is being fouled like on that play they are like trying to like get on his back and, and like and like and know, he happens to be and, and like look at like look at the crowds uh at the parade like someone is trying to actually get on his back like a child getting on his dad's back to watch yes. the parade. Yeah. Yes. And like if the ball's in the air when that is happening, and by the way it was, that's a penalty. Like you can't just like jump on somebody like that. So he, he has then, to he has to free himself from that, number one. Then and, he goes hip to hip with a guy yeah. and he gets penalized for being big. Yeah. He gets he gets they call a foul on him because he's big. And in, in like the second minute or, or it's illegal third, to be or, big, or third minute, he got cleaned out by a player. Like off ball cleaned out 
and nothing was done. Not even a foul was called. Did, were you watching? There was a different standard. Were you watching when he? Went, yeah, there was for the whole game. Were you watching when he physically threatened someone's life in the middle of the game? Yeah, that sounds that that tracks for him. He pulled back his fist, uh, and he, 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 he like I said, I will punch you if you do that again. And the referee saw, and it was like the referee's only lucid moment of the game where he went, hey, 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 keep your head. And he pointed at his brain, like, keep your head, don't lose your head. <laughs> if, it, all, if only the ref had followed his own advice in, the, yeah, in that moment. it was bad. Because he, he never had his head in the game. Uh, and, I, and I was being very, very clear earlier when I said that, like, we still created enough to win this game. And, we, and, and, I, and I didn't mention the, the referee or the, or the calls. Uh, because I think that's, that's the first point, is we did create enough to win this game. Uh, penalty being called not being called goal disallowed aside. Yeah. And I'm also just not going to blame refs this year. I didn't blame refs last year. I didn't let coach Fuller and not sorry, two years ago, I didn't let coach Fuller get away with um, blaming the referees when we didn't play well enough. And I, I love coach Fuller, but there were times where we weren't playing well enough and the referees were terrible. And like, sometimes you're just not good enough. And last night we weren't good enough to get the win because we didn't finish the balls, but we created enough to actually yeah. like win the games, if that makes sense. So I'm trying, I am trying to be consistent in my, in my judging of yeah what i will say about about referees is like sometimes refs miss calls and that's something you're just going to have to live with because the refereeing standard in this country is lower than the playing standard yes um is like you're, you're just going to have to deal with it at times like they're going to miss calls at, at times mm -hmm. and and you hope it's not a big call you hope it's not a big moment like that's all you can hope for yep uh but there is I think the problem with with this particular referee in general is like he never there was no standard for the game. And I there's there's the moment by the way where they're where they're about to concede the goal. Like that's the guy goes and studs up there. It's a red card that wasn't even whistled. It's a problem. I will I will I'll say the last thing and then we'll wrap up on the referees and we'll get to our three points. No, well, one one more thing for me about the referee. Okay, go ahead. It's the kind of performance that uh, and this occasionally happens, uh, but it's the kind of performance that uh, gets referee assigners really, really uncomfortable with playing you again. Like he he did himself like th think about the referee, for example, this guy does, does like high school games or some shit. This is probably his first ever step into the pro ranks. And I think it's very clear. We talked about this in the Flower City game. Uh, the referee just not being prepared and, and like didn't have a headset and like not being prepared for the moment. And like, that's on whoever's assigning the referees. It's on the league for, for paying for paying for shit or not paying at all or cheapening out on, on trying to get this good referees as possible into the, into the league games. You know, what might've happened. Maybe they thought Savannah paid this <laughs> time and we, we were the ones who didn't pay last time. So that's where they were benefiting Savannah. So like you've got those, those dynamics in terms of the league side, which is a problem, but like, if you're if you are a referee signer or or if you do your due diligence at all, and I, I don't know if there was any done, you got to be like you hung this guy out to dry because he was not ready, he was not prepared, and he clearly did not have the moment uh, or was not prepared for the moment, and it showed. And this guy makes money refereeing games; he's going to have to do a better job, and this game probably is going to cost him a little bit. But like, results matter in this business, and uh, for players and coaches, results matter. And it's unacceptable to uh, on the, on the refereeing side, it's unacceptable to hang the guy out to dry to set him up for failure. 
and that's, oh, a, that's, feel, a, that's a problem in this feel. country. And and like that's my that's my maybe most nuanced take I can make is like I don't want to just blame the referee here. Uh, I think I think the system failed him a little bit too. Yeah, I just I don't care. Like everybody gets their first chance. He was terrible. Let him get another chance another time. <laughs> we just have to be better. Yeah. Um. Maybe maybe. And he yeah. needs to be better too. Clearly, but yeah. like you know, I, I heard I also heard it was one of the first game pro games he's ever refed. I'm not going to blame the guy for a bad first game. Sometimes you have a bad first game. It just is what it is. Yeah. Um, the offsides lines judges, if I'm being really honest here, I went back and watched. I've got a bunch of screenshots that I'm definitely going to be too lazy to work into this um, <laughs> this show here. But like Damien's ball out of bounds that cut back to Alex that he scored was out of bounds. Damien was offside just barely twice, once or twice. I didn't. Um, I didn't see any bad calls on the far side of the where we had the full view. But I can tell you. I can tell you. In the game, I thought we were getting absolutely robbed, <laughs> and I went back and watched. and And the righteous indignation that I would have if we did get robbed yeah. by the by the lines judge, I don't have because I think the lines judge, contrary to the center official who was absolutely terrible, the lines judge is as far as I can tell. And there's a couple you can't see the final defender, so I can't tell for sure. But it certainly looks like they basically got it right. So, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And I want to move on for, from refereeing here. We've already spent way too much time on something that do, isn't. Um, <laughs> it do, doesn't matter. Like it's not us. Like on to the next thing. We're going to beat everybody this year. Fuck everyone else. Um, <laughs> there it is. I'm going to go straight through my two key takeaways. And by the way, we have six minutes. Um, defense is still real, real good. This is my second takeaway. The first was the hangover was real that I talked about earlier. The defense is really, really good. Um, Jean in the air is. Chef's kiss. I have that written down in my notes. Uh, the defense basically did not allow a good shot on goal. The one shot on goal that was a quote unquote, a big chance was pushed far wide and he would have had to have a hell of a finish to finish. Um, even in a game where we had a hangover game and I've, I've again, I kind of lambasted us for our quote unquote, like mentality. Our defense still allowed basically nothing this year. The balance of defense to offense is exactly what we hoped it would be in the preseason in the sense that we are just really, really good defensively. Whether or not we are good offensively on a day, our defense is just very, very good. So I feel extremely good, as you said, about the upcoming season and, and our outlook for the season because I don't believe our defense will get significantly worse. I think our defense should continue to get better as they play more together. And our offense is what we have time to work on. And working on that from a base of a very good defense, which last year our defense was because of really good playing together and really good defensive possession. Now it's based on just really good defenders and Jean just being so, so hard to beat both in goal and in the air. Last thing I will say, my uh, number three is Taylor's absence. Um, you, We felt that. We really, really felt that against, uh, against the Stars and we really, really felt that here against um, Savannah. Look, he was such a game changer the first part of the season, and we need him back uh, desperately for his creative spark. And Mumu's return from injury, he is not back to his um, peak. That or it's, it was two games, but he was so good in those first two games. Yeah, we really, really miss the super dynamism that we had those first couple games on the wings. Yeah, and um, when those guys come back, not if, but when those guys come back to full fitness and full form. We are going to be a fucking problem, Matthew. You've I think you've done the end of phase one. Time for a break. Yeah. So give just, me just just briefly like it. This is we broke in, in the in the end of season pod last year. We broke down the season into phases. Mm. This is this is the end of phase one. There's a clear break. We've got a couple weeks. It falls at the exact same time uh, 
of as the two week break did after after phase I guess we included one game in in phase in phase two uh, for last year, but like it, it's in the same the same point. We've played five games in the league, uh, eleven points, three wins, two draws, and uh, the guys are tired and. And they had a long ass preseason. A, lo- a long preseason, I, and I think the tiring is not actually the, the games they've played. Although that that Flower City, Birmingham, Michigan trip, I think it took a lot out of everyone. Sure, uh, or stretch, I should say. But like, it, it, it's more in that the fact that like the preseason, and then the season happened right afterwards, and I think I think there's going to be some some really useful time off, and hopefully it helps like uh, get guys some some feel- better feeling in their legs. And a little bit more time to be cohesive on the practice field, uh, so that often starts clicking. You want a hot take? Best team we've played in the league this year is still Flower City. I'll accept that take. I'll accept it. Actually, point number two. I'll ask you a question, Matthew. Are we overcomplicating buildup? Maybe. Are we resorting to Route One too early? Maybe. These all seem like questions for the staff to look at data and make adjustments during the break. Those are your words. Yeah, so I I, I believe that. Like, we I had do too, I do too. By we've the way. had conversations uh, a plenty about like the going going long at times, and I think there's I, I you want a healthy balance. Like you want to go long when you need to. You want to play short when you need to. You want to go around when you can. You want to play through lines and gaps when you can. You need to be able to do all these things to be a truly truly balanced team. I think there's going to be an interesting question mark. Um, for the staff to figure out is, are we settling for the long ball? Are we not being patient enough? Is it both of those things kind of working together? Uh, or like, are we just taking the space that's available? I don't really know. And and maybe we are complicating build up a little bit. And if we played like a little bit more simple, a little bit more straight up with our better players, let's not kid ourselves. We should be better able players to, than the, than the other teams you mean. Yeah. You should just be able to be, to play straight up and like, just be better than them. And like you get, get your one-on-one matchup and just go buy them. It doesn't actually work that way. But also like, Rod's a system coach. So that's just not true. Correct. Uh, so it, it, that's not going to be the solution. Right. But like, I, I think this is a good moment in time to take a look at these, these first few games of the season and, and see like what truly worked really well. What has not been working well, uh, I think, you know, the five goals against Albion maybe uh, overshoots, like, what we've actually been offensively so far. And by the way, that should terrify, every, like, any opponent that we play mm-hmm. because the defense has been incredibly good. We're not giving up fuck all, and the offense isn't quite gear- there yet. And by the way, we're still on 2.2 points per game. Yep. Look out, folks. Like, still this undefeated. Could get, if, if they, like... We've allowed one goal, and it was a penalty that is, is questionable. Yeah. So like I think there's a lot of there's a ton of room for growth here, and I think that's exciting for, I think that's exciting for for listeners. I think it's exciting for fans, and, uh, and and this break comes at actually a really good time for us. Let me give you one. I'm going to add one thing. I I I don't the overcomplicating buildup thing. I don't think we are. I think we are re- resorting to route one too early. That's probably fatigue related, and I we'll see wh- where that comes. This is the first game that I felt we resorted to um, route one too early. I will say one thing that is for sure that we can see in the data and on the screen. We need to get Marcus more shots. Oh yeah, absolutely. His only two shots were from were from free kick opportunities, and he and he had a couple chances he pa- to be he selfish. Passed, he passed up two. Yep. that he could have shot. Well, that would have almost certainly been blocked for one of them. And I think the second one, I think he upgraded the chance to Alex McGrath. Uh, just 
you right. know, Alex. So that's not an indi- it's not an indictment on Marcus. Yeah, it's yeah, an yeah. indictment on those around him to help get him shots. And like whatever we do, it's by the way, it's the, the one of the reasons we got good last year was you get the player who's excellent at hitting the ball, uh, the ball yeah. and get shots. We gotta get Marcus more shots. Last point, Matthew, about Fabian Rodriguez. Yeah, so it's the eighty seventh minute. We're down a goal in a league match. And Rod turns Rod turns to the bench and subs on seventeen year old Fabian Rodriguez. I think he's eighteen now. Maybe he's eighteen. An academy It's a better story if he's seventeen. An academy player. Uh that is that is one part amazing and and like awesome for Fabian to to get that that kind of trust from Rod. And I think he's earned it. Uh, um, you don't get that trust from Rod without earning it, by right, the way. Right. And also like it's a product of some injuries, like Taylor Gray's not in the lineup, for example. Um but I think I think what it shows is yes, we wanted a result. Fabian was the the probably the, the best player in Rod's eyes for whatever we was trying to do to help get the result. Spoiler alert, it worked. Uh and I think it shows incredible commitment that Savannah, the game against Savannah was not the end all be all. Mm. The end all be all is what happens after twenty four matches in the league. Yes. And when we go and, to the playoffs, get to the playoffs, we try to take a ship home. Yeah, that's that's when it counts. And I think, you know, the 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 offense struggling a little bit um, to put together lots of shots for, for players where we can score goals. Uh, the the commitment to to bring on an academy player in a in a super important high leverage mm-hmm. moment. I think that that speaks a lot to the trusting of the process that this group has. This is not a final product. Uh, they've got a long way to go, but I think they're I think they're building something, and I think we've talked about this on this podcast before. Progress is not linear, mm. so you know I, that's why one of the reasons why I'm so excited to, to end phase one and have a little bit of a break, and we'll start phase two uh, at Flower City in a couple weeks. I have one more question before we close this out, Matthew. Over under seven and a half on. Player of the matches for Anatoly Prepolitsa this season. Out of 24? How many does he already have? 24. Like, like I think three? he has three. Yeah, I'll take the over. It's unbelievable. Everybody, thank you for listening. We will be back uh, to review the next games, a women's game pretty soon, and with a, uh, a Coach Randy pod here in the near future, and a uh, Alex, the badass women's administrator, field general all things ops lady that is going to be with us uh yeah so spoiler alert here in a few minutes yeah so just so everyone's aware we've got uh we're at we're we're home against nashville rhythm on saturday may 20 at 3 p.m then we are away at flower city the men are uh, uh at 7 30 also on saturday may 20 so that's we're gonna have I don't know how we're going to Sounds like off. I'm going straight from the game to the bar. Yeah. So we've also got Albion uh, at home that week, uh, May 24. And then we host a doubleheader, uh, FC Birmingham for the women and Maryland Bobcats for the men. Y'all remember to hydrate. Uh, that's going to be a great, that's going to be a crazy stretch. There are five games in uh, what I think is eight days. For, for between for the men's like, and the women's teams. Between the men's and women's teams. Uh, and so, like, we've got a little bit of crazy stretch coming up. I'm going to enjoy a little bit of a break. Uh, I've got a big, big conference next week, uh, which I, comes at a perfect time. <laughs> lucky you. Lucky you. Well, Matthew, thank you for joining me. Thank you for the preview of that. And I can't wait for the women to kick off. We will see you guys soon. Peace. <laughs>